0: Hello and welcome to Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. A whole new world of fun. Everyone's invited. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 8 of Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. This is season 2 and we we have been off to a brilliant start with the podcast so far. And this episode I'm very excited about because... I'm talking to um, Natasha Lewis. We spoke in season one, but today we are talking shepherds. Now, I have a German, Natasha's interest is in the Belgium, and we're going to kind of do a bit of a deep dive into Belgium shepherds today, which I'm super excited about because they're a breed that's quite misunderstood and um, there's lots of stereotypes around them and also there are actually four types so we're going to talk about that as well because most people think of the Malinois and they don't realise there's three others as well so that's what we're going to do. So Natasha, how are you today? I'm fine Kerry, I'm fine, thank you for having me on. You are very, very welcome my dear. So how long have you had Belgians for? Oh gosh,
1: I've had Belgians for the past what seventeen years. Okay, so I'm sort of quite a convert to the Belgian Shepherd. Um, we always say that once you've had one, you'll you'll keep adding. At one stage, I had four. Okay, actually, that's not right. I think the most I've ever had was nine at once
0: at once yes oh my god six of them were little puppies though (laughs) oh yeah okay okay so some of them were teeny tiny baby gators and some were full-size yeah yes three full-size gators at the three
1: full-size gators and then yeah I had um i had nine at one stage nine okay cool. nine so before, p- for about eight weeks and then
0: they all went off to their new homes <laughs> amazing so for people that kind of don't know a lot about the belgium shepherds um there are four types now i'm gonna let you pronounce them because i know <laughs> one of them for sure i always fluff the pronunciation that's probably the lock so i just refer to them as turves. um <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do the shortened versions of the names. Um, but yeah. can you explain what the four <coughs> Belgians are?
1: Okay, so there are
0: four um,
1: the four different varieties of the Belgian Shepherd um, breed. The first one that most people are um, are familiar with will be the the Malinois, mm-hmm. which is the short haired fawn. Colored Belgian. Then yep. you have the long hairs, yes, which are the Granandas, which is what I have, mm-hmm. um, and they are the long haired black. Yeah, um, they are allowed to have a little bit of white on their chest and the tips of their toes. Okay. Um, then we have got the Devon. They are the they are a fawn with a black overlay okay okay um and a black face they have a black mask on my
0: face sort of a a shepherd sable what german shepherd people know as a sable because that's how dodges is is that form with yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah. we have in the um in the tavern you have the fawn color you've got gray and you've got mahogany so those are the sort of the, the the three main colors. Okay. Um, gray is least desired. Okay. Of those, um, but we don't see very many of the, the dark red ma- mahogany ones anymore. Most of them are fawn these days. So okay. it's like a, a, a light sable.
0: Okay, yep, yep.
1: Um, and then, um, and they've always have the, uh, a black mask Okay. which basically has to extend above the eye and that's the same with the malinois as well isn't it and that's the same with the malinois as well yeah mm-hmm. and the malinois um like i said they are the, the short head fawn yep. um they can come in lighter and darker as well mm-hmm. um and then last but not least you have got the lacanoir mm-hmm. the Lacanois is the 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 least well known of the belgian shepherds um Temperament and character-wise, they are very similar to the Malleys, very similar to the Malleys. Saying that, both the Tverin and the Gronendal are, they're like Malleys as well, just not quite as extreme.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so I'm the whole, huh? sorry? And floofy. Yes, and they're floofy, yes, <laughs> they are floofy.
0: <laughs> so what um, what's the coat of the um, of the Lacamoire? So the larkenoir is a rough head coat. Okay. Um,
1: so the the larkenoir's coat is about two inches long, and it's rough, and it's got like a slight curl in it, but it's it's not
0: proper curl. It's mm-hmm. like a I don't know. You know, when I think curls, with I get dogs, links of saying it's not dissimilar to some doodle coats. but I wish that people could see the video of this because the look I just got (laughs) I'm really sorry if I've just offended all the breeders I'm really sorry
1: (laughs) no I think it's more like a it's there's a slight wave to it like an air coat. yeah more like an air coat.
0: yeah (sighs) Okay, dug myself out of that hole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more like at that. So there's like a, a slight wave to it. It's not okay. a tight curl like it would be on a poodle or Something anything like that. Um, Actually, the closest coat would probably be the Bouvier. Okay, so... That sort of type of slight wave will to it. People
0: have seen Lake and Wild without realising it if they've seen the... There was a heel work to music um, routine with a shepherd that was doing CPR on its handler... And the handler must have ended up with bruises all over. But that was a lake and white in that video. It might have been. I've seen something similar, but with a mallee. No, it was definitely a lake. It was it was a, a lake. I went off and did a lot of research to go, what dog was that? Because in my delving of heel work to music, I was seeing if yeah. shepherds did it, and apparently not famously. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so i'm setting myself a challenge <laughs> yeah
1: um the um so so the lark and is the least well known of the four varieties um okay. and the the, the the three others like the grenendales the taveran the yeah I've never, the I've never met
0: one in the wild as you say like you it's not one that you kind of bump into on a walk the others i have all seen out and about but Um, because people get their shepherds a little bit muddled up because the Belgian shepherd is not the same as a German shepherd. No, not at all. Really not.
1: (laughs) Really not. No, miles apart. And people do think that a lot of the time when I'm out walking with my dogs, I get stopped and people ask me, is that a German shepherd cross collie?
0: Oh, okay. Okay. You're like uh, no, no.
1: <laughs> no, it's an actual breed. <laughs> no, it's an actual breed called the Grundal. <gasps> well, never heard of those before. <laughs> yeah. And then of course you get the others that stop us. Oh,
0: is that a Belgian? <laughs> and you're like, um, those that nice? Stops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what would you kind of if people? Because obviously the Malinois are the most famous and they are an epic breed like completely but oh they are they've become quite famous um if you've seen films like um john wick three um the two that Halle berry handled were absolutely amazing and she actually did an interview she worked with those dogs for three months before they even started filming so that she could handle the dogs on set
1: yeah yeah they are they are actually all the Belgians are similar in their ability Mm -hmm. um, to learn um, and they are really easy to train. But? But there does seem to be this fraction out there that think that Belgians and especially Malinois can only be trained using aversive methods. Mm -hmm. And i probably my personal experience of training belgians is that it's probably the worst thing that you could do ever yeah. you know um not too long ago i was on a a, a specific group um <laughs> which will media remain nameless. which will remain main, uh, nameless but it was a specific group for belgian shepherds mm-hmm. And there was a person asking a question about a three, four month old puppy and biting.
0: So there's a baby. Now a we will just baby. say, okay, shepherd puppy biting is next level. I can, I can. Well, actually, I level. think, I think. Belgian what, puppy what I, biting is the next, next, next level.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I think a lot of doodles these days have got these really hard bites as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just Belgians because I've had clients that have come to me um, with really bitey Labradoodles and Golden Doodles. Yeah. And they tend to be quite bad. But saying that, that the Belgians can be worse. They're but,
0: just a row of needles. <laughs> they, are, they are. But they
1: are at that, that age. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what breed it is. At that age, they're all teeth. And And they're all sharks, and they're all they're all
0: sharks, and they just want to bite, 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 Mm bite. Sorry, you can't see my hands going, can you? (laughs) Some of them will. Some of them are going to get to see the video, but in yeah, but we get the idea. So, I mean, puppies are. It's an ongoing joke amongst trainers. Yeah, puppies. Yeah, because that's what they are. Yeah. Anyway, going back to my little story.
1: So I was reading this little. A post of this person saying, you know, I've got a real problem with biting with my puppy. How do I stop it? And one of the pieces of advice that she got on that post was to stick a prong collar on her puppy and correct it every single time it went for her.
0: No, okay, so. Yes, exactly,
1: that was my reaction. Oh my God, what the hell are you
0: even bringing up a prong collar for? So full disclosure, that is not a thing. We do not condone the use of prong collars. I don't agree with the use of prong collars. The reason they work is because it causes pain, which stops the behavior. We're not saying that they don't work, but the reason they work ethically, I don't agree with but one no. thing just quickly I really want to hash out one of the arguments that uses it replicates the mother's bite no it does not no. from not at all both of us have had litters and we can tell you that the mother very rarely carries the puppies around in her mouth like never seen it I've read three litters never seen it they do not put their whole jaw around a puppy's neck no and clamp down with pressure that's not a thing so the whole no. prong collar thing just no okay right continue with the story <laughs> yes so i was so outraged on that
1: that the first thing i did actually was i drafted a really nice response to this particular poster saying look this is what you need to do you know give your puppy plenty of chew toys mm-hmm. blah, blah blah management all that kind of mm-hmm. you know advice um and um she was very very useful and, and very friendly and I said oh thank you so much for this advice i'll give that a go um and then um i sort of answered on the other the person who actually said you know put a prong, prong on it yeah i i went on her and I says, oh please do not put a prong because you know blah 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 mm. all the reasons why not yeah. to use a prong science yeah, all the reasons why not to use a prong collar. And that person came back and then basically accused me of bringing the prong collar into the discussion. What? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I said, Wow, hang this on, I, I you know, on
0: breed groups. I, yeah, I no,
1: and I I, I just I just way. went like, oh my god, this is just too much. Obviously, people need um a way of getting access to good advice which is mm-hmm. why i started the positive belgian which is um, one of the reasons
0: i'm on the podcast today yeah, it is it is so what is the positive belgian okay so the positive belgian is a dog
1: training community mm-hmm. and it will also be a dog training program called cool. for belgian shepherd owners regardless of which variety the owners have And within that community and within that training program, I will be teaching them exactly how to train their Belgians using positive reinforcement-based training methods, which are based on science.
0: Cool, cool, cool. So obviously, like I mean, I just said I avoid um, the breed groups as much as I can. Um, My breeds I've got my chihuahuas. I don't tend to go on the trial pages because again, some of the advice is just, if you need advice, guys, please find a trainer, someone that's qualified because a lot of training advice that gets given out, it's meant with the best intentions, but it can be outdated. It can cause more problems. And when you're working with an actual trainer, they're going to be able to tell you exactly what the issues are and they're going to be able to give you solutions. Picking up yeah. random advice on t- internet, it could be, if so, with the example of puppy biting, one of the, there are so many reasons puppies bite, but yeah. two reasons that generally I found is they're teething
1: or that is the,
0: that is actually
1: the biggest reason why puppies bite. It's the teething. Yes. It's the teething. That's the only reason that they bite. The second reason is because they're exploring their environment.
0: Yeah. And I found with Dodge, when he was a puppy, he would start getting mouthy when he was overtired and needed to go and sleep. He would start getting really bratty and really like, and I'd be like, right, okay, okay. go chill out. I'd give him a chew and within five minutes, he'd be absolutely fast asleep because that's what he needed. He needed sleep. And I think, again, like puppies don't get enough rest a lot of the time. Which, oh no no people
1: people forget how much rest puppies actually need and they're right. all about you know oh we need to tire them out we need to tire them out and we need to you know keep them going and keep them going because they need to be tired and especially with Belgians this is mm. what happens yes and these puppies get overtired and it's exactly the same thing when a kid gets overtired it starts crying it starts kicking off it starts being really um you know dramatic (laughs) It starts you know playing up against anything that you suggest and Mm. it's just because they're overtired and exactly the same thing happens with puppies so you know what my advice normally is with you know no we're talking teething at the moment but Mm. with teething is that okay you need to give your puppy appropriate chewing materials so edible and non-edible so things like Kongs and Pizzle Sticks and tripe Sticks and all that kind of stuff But at the same time, you also need to manage them so that they get enough sleep during the day. And it's not a case of having to get that puppy going every day, all day long. Because if you do that, what you're going to create is a big, big hole for yourself. Because in order to tie that puppy out, you're going to have to do more and more and more and more and more with them. Mm -hmm. Rather than saying to them, actually, you are now, say, 12 weeks old. That means that approximately eighteen to twenty hours of the day
0: you need to be asleep. Yeah, which I wish I could sleep that many hours a day. It sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, I wish I could. <laughs> it would be great. We'd I can't get anything done. But but you know, and it, that's not that's not breed specific. That's every breed. Yeah, and that's because there's so much development happening and growth, and not just physical growth, but like also all those little transmitters in their brain are making new pathways of everything they've been learning. So they are little sponges mentally, but physically there's so much going on as well. And again, it could be that I found with Dodge, he went through a stage of being very TV when he was growing because, and I took him to the vet and the vet was like, yeah, it's growth pains. It's where he's growing You know, I mean, I know the Belgians are slightly smaller than the Germans, but there is still growing to be done. And like their ears have to sit up straight and all these. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's another. You know, that is
1: another thing is that um, some people with the the, the ears um, within the Belgians, they they're talking about taping those ears up like you do with Dobies. Mm hmm. And there was no need for it. Those ears will eventually stand up.
0: But probably not before your puppy is seven or eight months old. I found... Um, because, because that's again, how like, long it takes. Is with Germans, but Dodge's ears sometimes would have a bit of what I'd call a wonky day yeah. when his teeth were bad. Because yeah, exactly. It's all connected. It's yeah. all connected.
1: So, um, so, yeah, so that's another thing that... Um, you know, pops up in the groups in the brief groups a lot. And oh um, my puppy's ears haven't come up yet. My six pon- six-month-old puppy's ears aren't
0: standing up. Mm. You know, should I tape them? Well, no, leave them. <laughs> so when you say tape them, I mean are we talking like a loo roll tube and like taping it to a bit of loo roll tube or basically that kind of thing,
1: yeah. So basically what you get is you, you know. I think they, they normally use like a little bit of sponge. Oh, okay, and then they <laughs> Take me the with my to dog the sponge. like. <laughs> and I'm
0: thinking like, oh, why would you do that to your dog? There's my dog running around like a Blue Peter project with sticky back plastic, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. basically. Tubes on it. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> oh dear! Some of the some of the things you hear though, like it's just. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think as well, like with you saying about like doing too much with puppies, like people really underestimate, like even just little training games and calm things. Like I know we bang on about scent work and obviously we both love hoopers and stuff, but um, there's been days recently where either the weather hasn't been appropriate or just there's too many people in the world. So rather than go for a walk, Dodge has been doing conditioning stuff, which Physically and mentally is a much bigger workout for him than going into the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, you know, puppies especially, they need to experience the world. Mm. Okay. But another another one of my bugbears with puppies is that people want to see their puppies playing with other puppies.
0: <laughs> there is no need for it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's finding <laughs> appropriate play friends. And I know it's really hard for people at the moment because obviously lockdowns change lots of things. So yeah, you really haven't had the puppy classes you've been able to go to physically, but like, um, and all, and also as well at the moment with social distancing and stuff, we do need to be careful with dogs mixing from different households because potentially they can be cameras yeah. of the virus you know i don't want everyone fur. freaking out fur. and not
1: washing their no, they don't port. they don't but they don't get it but they can carry it on their fur, Potentially, yeah.
0: yes i mean um so i was up at the park um, a couple of months ago and it was um it was a little mallee pup and right i'm about to freak you out and i apologize five months old with a ball chucker i'm sorry um if you're yeah. listening and don't understand why that's not appropriate, um, ball chucking for dogs is a repetitive exercise and can cause a lot, a lot of damage to them physically. Yeah, it's not an exercise we recommend for puppies. Rolling a ball along the floor and puppy chasing it is one that's thing. That's fine. But That's chucking fine. the ball so the dog is running full pelt, stopping fast, turning back, bringing it back. It's too much um, compression and too much impact on puppy joints. So it's yeah. not something we recommend. It's, it's it's not
1: appropriate
0: exercise for a puppy. No, no. It's, it's arguably not appropriate exercise for a fully grown dog, but especially yeah. not puppies. Especially so, not puppies. I have a
1: much better use for a ball chucker.
0: Yeah, I use it for rewarding the chihuahuas sometimes to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You yeah. use use a little cup to put the food in to deliver it to a small dog. <laughs> yeah, it's much easier. See, I'm a chihuahua. Much easier. You don't have to bend over then. <laughs> but like, I know that Dodge is very good with bitches, and the guy was determined to come over and say hi. So I sort of called over and said, "Is it a boy or a girl?" Because I know Dodge is fine with girls, boys not so at the moment. And you know, this puppy, bless him, because Dodge went over and he was very polite, but he's a big dog for a puppy to be meeting. And she was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure. And bless him, he did back off. And then he laid down and she interacted a bit, but actually she wanted to be with her dad and wanted to do that thing. And I was like, and he went, oh, she doesn't want to play. And I went, that's brilliant. And he looked really confused at the fact that the dog wanted to be with him more than me and my dog. And I was like, Well, no, because I want my dog to be with me more because it's not that we're saying they shouldn't play with other dogs, but it's knowing what is appropriate play and what is appropriate greetings rather than just running up to any dog (coughs) they see because that's when you're going to get in trouble.
1: Yeah, and, you know, especially when we're going back to the Belgians in particular, Mm -hmm. what you get with Belgian shepherds is that they they can get really obsessed with other dogs. Mm Mm-hmm. And while that might be fine to start off with, at some stage, because they get highly aroused, because they are easily aroused, yes, it can go the wrong way. Okay. Really, really quickly and without warning. So from nice play, the dog gets over aroused, prey drive gets triggered,
0: nails the dog. Mm -hmm. So it can go from play to a potential I refer to them as discussions yes yes
1: it can go quickly very very quickly Mm -hmm. and you know what I what I always uh try and do with my dogs is you know especially when they're younger I don't really let them play with other dogs Mm willy-nilly they can play within the pack so Mm -hmm. they can play within my my family group yeah yeah within the household That I've got um so they can play with each other within that setting so that's all the play that they need Mm -hmm. when we're out and about I want them to play with me
0: not with other dogs but also if anyone's listening that says okay that's great I've only got one dog one of the things so although I'm in a multi-dog household I have very different breeds yeah, and you have. have Dodge is yeah. also a lot younger than my girls. Like my youngest girl's eight. Dodge is only a year now, and they're all a lot smaller than him. So he kind of doesn't have a play friend at home. So no. I have a few friends that have dogs that are appropriate for him to play with. He's yeah got a Welsh Springer Spaniel. Yeah. He has got a Malinois girlfriend who he adores. She's like his yeah. love the best thing <laughs> she well she is very beautiful as well um yeah. and they are very lovely together although she doesn't understand his obsession with Puddle, she thinks he's nuts um and a collie um and there's a few others there's a little chocolate lab he's played but he's met a few other trainers dogs as well just to say hey to and be polite with so i want yeah. him to be able to interact with other dogs appropriately but i don't want him just running and playing with everything no no
1: exactly if you you know if you have just one dog then make sure that you're you find two or three other dogs mm-hmm. that you dog can play with yeah and that your dog knows that oh, when we meet up with those dogs we play yeah. but if we see other dogs on the walk I'm going to stay with mom yeah or dad yeah obviously yeah okay because you know it is nice for them to play with other dogs but they don't have to play with every single dog actually yeah. i think it's more important for dogs to learn that okay yeah there's a dog over there i can go and say hi and come back mm-hmm. okay but i
0: can only go and say hi if it's okay with mum yeah. yeah 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 definitely okay
1: so uh, and that is you know that's all part of responsible dog ownership really at the end of the day so whether you've got a belgian or whether you've got a labrador it doesn't matter your dog should not just see a dog and just take off yeah and go and say hi and want to play with it you know your dog should look at you saying oh can i go play or can i go and say hello and you say yay or nay because you don't know whether that dog even though it might be off the lead might be reactive to other dogs it might be frightened um You know, it might be frightened with other dogs running up to it. It could be, might have had a bad experience and you don't know. So you need to, you need to sort of take all that into account when you're training your puppy. So your puppy needs to learn when it's appropriate to play and when it's not appropriate to play. And that is, you know, I think that is one of the big sort of misunderstandings about socialization is that, um, you know socialization
0: girls because... <laughs> they're putting so their bodies in they're like oh, mom, we're talking about socializing mom i just want to let them know <laughs> Wait. <laughs> enough. it's um leopard shout darling <laughs> <laughs> girls. they're like yeah we're going to so um i think the other thing that's really important yeah. for people to remember as well is that if you have said to your dog like Sorry, bud, you can't play with that one. Make sure you have a game and you reinforce them for not going to play with the other dog. Because I see so many people, they tell the dog, no, you can't go and play. And then there's no reinforcement for not playing. So then the dog's like, but it would have been fun over there. And you're boring. Yeah,
1: exactly. So so when your dog then chooses to stay with you, then do something with your dog. You know, reward them for it. You know, have a little play with a
0: you know, if you've got a ball, throw a ball for them. If you've you know, if you've got a tuggy, play a game of tuggy. Anything yeah. like that. If you've got some treats, do a little search. Like there's so many different things you can do. <coughs> there's lots the of different things really that you use. can do instead yeah. of
1: you know as a reward for your dog not going over and, and and going
0: to say hello to another dog. So we've kind of I mean we've touched on like why the Belgiums are awesome because They are very trainable. They're very beautiful. Size-wise, they're a nice size because they're not too big.
1: No, I love the size of them.
0: I mean, weight-wise, it's normally, what, 20 to 30 kilos? Yeah, something like that. My girls
1: girls are around about the 20. So I've got Cassie is a little bit more, about 24, 25. Yeah. She's a slightly bigger dog. Um Then I've got Luna, who's around about 20, and then Asena, who should be, about 18, 19, because she's the smallest, but she's, so a, she's, little a, little. Yeah, she's a little bit overweight. Yeah, she's a little bit overweight at the moment, so um, we need to get that weight off her. But oh, bless.
0: <laughs> But like some of the boys, and depending on what lines they've come from as well, because some of the European lines are quite big, then you're looking at more kind of your 30 kilo dogs. But yeah, I would say for a Belgian, I wouldn't really want them any, any heavier than about 28 kilos.
1: Yeah. I think that would be a nice, that's a nice sort of size for
0: mm-hmm. this. I know the boys that I've bred are about 26. Yeah. And again, it's going to depend on their lines, whether they've come from working or show line, stuff like that. Like yeah. That's and that's
1: another thing, working or show line, a Belgian is a Belgian.
0: Oh, very
1: controversial, isn't
0: it? <laughs> no, okay, but that's... It. Because, obviously, like, the first breed that comes to mind when you say working or show is either Labradors or Cockers. Like, a working Cocker and a show Cocker are very different beasties. A working yeah. Lab and a show Lab are very different beasties. They are, yeah. Belgians are Belgians? Belgians are Belgians. It okay. doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, Belgians <laughs> are Belgians. A Belgian Shepherd, whether whether it's a line that is used in in protection sports or not that's where the working bit comes from okay whether they're used in protection sports or not they should still have the right confirmation because if they haven't got the right confirmation they wouldn't be able to do the work Mm
0: -hmm.
1: okay a show line belgian show line Mm -hmm. with in quotation marks um should still be able to do that same work yeah because the confirmation would be the same. The confirmation would be the same. The temperament and character should be the same.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: should be very similar characters and temperament. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, a Belgian should not be nervous. Although we have got a lot of
0: Belgians that are nervous. It's within... not a good trait for a breed it's that not... has a really good set of teeth. Yeah. It's
1: not a good trait. So you know, if you are looking for a Belgian shepherd and you go and meet Mum and she's really nervous, I will walk away.-hmm because that is not what a Belgian's about. They should be wary of strangers, but there's a difference between wary and nervous. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. wary is alert. It's... are you up to no good? Yeah,
0: are are you friend or foe? Whereas are you friend
1: is, or foe? You know, are you things when nervous is like, oh, I'm not sure about you. Oh, 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 and then of course you get nervous aggression,
0: and nervous aggression, which is aggression, something that you, um is quite probably the most common type. Yeah. of aggression, ninety yeah. yeah. percent. I'm I'm making up a number. There is no science behind this. Just to For, no, no. But say I, say about ninety yeah. percent. Of aggression comes from fear rather yes. than actual true aggression. Now, yeah. one thing that while we are talking Belgium, genetically there mm-hmm. has been found a potential there is a gene. There is a
1: gene within the Belgian Shepherd, especially it's been found in Malis. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a gene um, that is being dubbed the aggression gene. Yep. So basically, if your dog and it, it is a um. Oh, it's a. Well, what do they call it when you it need the two AB copies? Gene? You need two copies of the gene before is it will that? express.
0: No, I'm not. Up science words now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making up science. Words. Uh, I, I feel I can't like remember. chromosomes is the word I want no it's not chromosomes <laughs> right, okay it's not that then i'm it's out not
1: that but there's this there's, there's there's a word for if you need so if you need two it's recessive right okay. recessive gene but if you have two copies of it it will express right. if you've got one copier you're a carrier if you've got no copies of that gene it's the line is free mm-hmm. of that particular gene um now if you have two copies of the aggression gene, then it is likely to appear,
0: mm-hmm. but it
1: doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. If you've got one copy of the gene, then it shouldn't rear its ugly head
0: mm-hmm.
1: because its mate isn't there. Yeah, And obviously if you haven't got any of the copies, then your dog isn't affected at all yeah. by this particular um, mutation. Yeah, but they did the it with a
0: lot of studies with um, military dogs, didn't they? They did, and
1: what they found was there was an awful lot of this particular gene within those lines. And so it then becomes really difficult to, to try and, um, you know, put dogs together to get litters, to get that litter free of, of that gene. So yeah, if yeah. you've got an affected dog and you put it against a non-affected dog so one without any genes you
0: will get carriers yeah shouldn't be affected themselves but so so really in an ideal world any dog that's carrying that aggression gene wouldn't be bred from yeah but if you do that that you're gonna throw
1: your babies out with the bathwater yeah you know you've got to be you know the the thing with the Belgian Shepherd breed as a whole all over the world it's not that big yeah. So if we if we actually take out all these dogs that have got one copy of the gene and only breed with the ones that haven't got that gene, what we're going to get is a very, very small gene pool. Yeah. Which so is the, gonna best, cause the best that we can do is say, look, this dog has got two copies of the gene, so we'll take that one out of the breeding mix. The mm-hmm. ones who've got one copy of the gene, we're going to make sure that we put it to a clear dog mm-hmm. so that only 25% of the puppies are affected. Yep. So you will get 25% with the gene mm-hmm. and 75% without on average.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, so you have... can
1: get very unlucky and breed a whole litter of carriers. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, but that's how genetics works.
0: Yeah, exactly that. But I think it is important for people to kind of know that there is a potential. Yeah. Things like genetics, because at the moment there, there's a real trend for people just going out and buying puppies anyway, uh, yeah. which is not ideal. Please, please do your breed research, people. Please do your breed research. Um, and also make sure that, you know, if you do go to a,
1: um, you know, a Mali breeder, you know, ask them to, to get the test done.
0: Yeah. It's just, well, I'm assuming that the responsible ones would already have done the test. <laughs> it is fairly new. It's a fairly new discovery.
1: Okay. Within the breed. So we are not required to test for it from um, a health perspective. Okay. If I had males, I would test
0: for it. Okay. But it's so it's only in the um in the Malinois. It's not. In... It's
1: only been found in the Malinois so far. Okay, so, saying
0: yeah. that, I think they've only done the test on Malies. Okay, so is that because the mallies tend to be used um as military and police dogs more than yes, others? yeah yeah? What is yeah. the reason for that? Is it just because the coat's easier to maintain? <laughs> um, I think that's part of it. Yeah, I think it's it's
1: easy maintenance um and um the other thing with the belgian shepherds is that you know when they do get used um in in the police dog world obviously they are going to go for dogs that are just that little bit harder in temperament Mm -hmm. and the malinois are just a little bit sharper and a little bit harder than the other varieties Mm -hmm. so if we put them in sort of an, an order about of, of how hard and, and how sharp these dogs are. Yep. You've got the Mallies first, mm-hmm. then you've got your Lacanois, mm-hmm. then you, I would put the Turves next, and then the Gruns. Okay. So that's your okay. kind of sliding scale of Belgium. So it's like a sliding <laughs> scale. Not that there always is that much difference
0: between one and the other. No, and I was gonna say, and the thing is- it, like, it is very individual per dog. And also, but even with the Gruns, like when you say, oh, out of the Belgians, they're probably the least sharpest in in the ratio of the dog world they're still right up in that oh, yeah. top 10 like yeah. they're still well up there they're still um,
1: well up there but if you just look at the four belgian shepherds as one little group and yeah. say i'm going to grade them in order of sharpness that's yeah, how i that would put be. them
0: so when we kind of talk about sharpness, like how would you explain that to kind of people that are thinking, oh, you know, well, I like the look of the Belgium Shepherd because they look sort of healthier and a bit more stable than say the German because some of the show line Germans are not well put together. Yeah, That's yeah I, th- I think within, you know, it.
1: within the German Shepherds, you have got a very distinct show line versus yes. <laughs> working line. which I think Because the show line has, has the got the slopey back whereas the working line has got straight that the 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 level back like we have in the belgian shepherds
0: yep and maybe that's where the where the confusion's coming that there is a difference within the belgians because there is a big difference in the german shepherd world yeah
1: yeah so when i first when i first started um you know when i got my first Belgian, there was no distinction between working lines or um, yeah. show lines. Mm-hmm. They were just one Belgian, and I would still argue that they are just one Belgian. The only thing is that if you go for the Koninklijke Nederlandse uh, uh, Politie Vereniging lines, which is the K P, uh, the, the, the K N P V lines. Mm-hmm. Um, They are actually bred for protection sports. So what they're doing is they are going to choose those dogs that exceed in that particular field, Mm -hmm. and they're going to breed those together. So you're going to get a dog that is more into biting than perhaps um, you know some of my Belgians are. Although I would say Cassie would probably be right up there.
0: But we have to remember as well. At the end of the day, they are a shepherd. They oh. are a herding breed. <laughs> they are a herding breed. Yes, and
1: when you say a herding breed, they do not herd the same way as a border collie. No, they drove. They're drovers. Yeah, yeah. So basically, their job is to maintain a living boundary,
0: mm-hmm. rather
1: than actually
0: driving. Yeah,
1: and herding the herd together.
0: Yeah, kind of occur be their own thing when it comes to maintaining sheep, like herders don't herd the same way as collies do (laughs) no no
1: no but they're all in that pastoral group and i think a lot of people just get confused about what type of herding um that there are different types of herding and i don't think a lot of people are aware of that so i just wanted to point that out
0: yeah no no no, (laughs) and it's important because yeah because the german shepherds are drivers the same as corgis um traditionally rottweilers as well which a lot of people really don't understand um yeah Because I think a lot of the breeds like um, our Germans, our Belgians, our Rottweilers, because they now get used a lot for protection sports and other dog sports, the kind of heritage of being pastoral dogs has been forgotten a little bit.
1: It has been forgotten a little bit, yes. And um, like I said, you know, with the dogs that are being bred for protection sports, it is the bite and the, the protection work that they're being bred for. Mm-hmm. So, if you're just looking for a pet, they're not the right dogs to go for. Yeah. You know, go to someone who is breeding them for, well, for, you know, for being a pet or to be shown.
0: But also, because
1: those dogs are actually being terrible. bred for being the right confirmation. Mm-hmm. They are being bred to be sociable, yeah. and you know, and and will be able to live just a normal pet life. Yeah. Whereas the higher drive dogs, mm-hmm. the higher drive ones that are specifically being bred for um, for the protection sports, they're not as suitable as a pet as some of the other dogs might be. So. You know, so it's something to consider when you are thinking of getting a Belgian is, you know, what do I want to do with that Belgian? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're just starting out within the protection sports, you know, you don't necessarily have to go for one of these dogs that is specifically bred for that sport, because you can start out and just start out with, you know,
0: a or a turf or whatever <laughs> the thing is you don't it's like you don't yeah. need to teach a shepherd to shout you also don't need to teach a belgium how to bite like they no, kind of understand no, how don't. that works you know it, it doesn't matter where you get your Belgian from
1: but you know if i was just starting out in protection sports i wouldn't necessarily go to some of the breeders that are specifically breeding for that sport because yeah. you've got to learn what you need to do and it's much easier to learn what you need to do with a dog that isn't quite so which hasn't quite got such a high prey drive yeah
0: yeah, yeah. okay
1: so it's easier to learn the mechanics then once you've understood it and once you've taken part in some of the um the um competitions
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're thinking like yeah i really like this i really want to take this further then get another dog so more more suited to you know not more suited to that work because i think they're all suited for that yeah, work massively because, because i thing, i could easily do this with cassie and i think she'd actually be quite good at add, it
0: natasha is that i know people are drawn to the belgians because they want a protection dog they want a guard dog and yeah but you don't need to teach them to guard thank you <laughs> <laughs> they know exactly how to
1: guard without you teaching them how to do it. And I would actually say that if you have got a Belgian shepherd, do not teach them to guard yep. because you're going to create a monster. Yep.
0: And I think that goes for... Uh, they well, will do it naturally without I you teaching well. them. Like I did not need to teach him how to no. look after me or the house. That just becomes... But I feel that a lot of people that are looking at the shepherd breeds are being really kind of drawing bite works very sexy at the moment a lot of people want to do bite work um i get it i've done it with munch um and i love it but for dodge he did not have the right temperament to do that sort of thing but also the other thing people need to be aware of is if you're having a dog and you're keeping it as a security dog you're keeping it as a guard dog you do need specific insurance for that if you have done bite sports with your dog your insurance company needs to know. Yes. Yes, because potentially, you know, once you've done
1: bite sports with your dog, potentially you're walking around with a loaded of the gun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, that gun will only go off on its trigger if you've taught it right. Mm-hmm. If you've made a mistake in the way you've taught your dog how to do this, then it's a bomb that can go off at any moment. And you need to be aware of that. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I think it's important because like we're, and there is this real thing, isn't there, that like the reason for getting a Belgium is to do protection sports, but they are so versatile. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. obedience, agility, like, I mean, to yeah. be honest, pick a dog sport they can pretty much do it (laughs) yes so you know if you look at
1: my little um my background here i do rally obedience with mine Mm -hmm. i do obedience yep um but i also do um i don't know if you can see that but i also do um a lot of um play work with them
0: yep as well play work is not the same as bite work no it's it's not the same thing people (laughs) It is not
1: the same thing. You're, you're, you are using the tug. Yes. But you're not teaching your dog to latch onto someone's arm. hmm Or a bite sleeve or a uh, bite trousers or a bite suit. Yeah. Um, and basically, when you're doing protection work um, with your dog, basically, your dog learns that the bite sleeve is a tug toy. Mm-hmm. Or the bite suit is a tug toy, so mm-hmm. they will actually latch on and start tugging. Um, depending on whether you're doing IPO or
0: yeah, whichever you're in, is,
1: what you're doing says different criteria. Yeah, for, there is different yeah. criteria for the actual bite. Um, but you can you can do similar things by just using play yeah. and using um, you know and, and and developing that play drive that your dog has, which is what um, the bottom picture on my background show don't forget
0: this is a podcast babe so people cannot see the picture picture i'm like they're listening and going what's she talking about there isn't a picture i'm driving my car um (laughs) yeah so basically
1: um when you're using things like a flirt pole yeah and you tie a toy to the end of the flirt pole and you get your dog to chase that flirt pole and bite onto it and then go into a sequence of tuggy and mm-hmm. um, engaging with your dog with a really nice tug game, game of tug yeah um, and then you can also teach them to only go and get you know only go for the toy when you release them to it yeah, so how's the impulse control and all of that so it's like just that. sort of yeah so it basically teaches them impulse control through play
0: because so i think
1: that well st- also stop them from going after deer and stuff like
0: that yeah because the problem is as well with people that kind of get get these dogs that go oh well they're gonna look after me they do the bitey stuff with them but without putting the right impulse control onto it and as you say it does make the dog dangerous it does and i mean i i'm on a few sort of belgian rescue pages but malinois particularly at the moment like People are buying them and they're ending up in rescue by six months
1: old. I was about to say six, seven months old, these dogs like, get put into rescue because they just cannot cope with them. And the thing is six months they old, are hard they're not work. That bad. <laughs> yeah. And they're hard work. They are hard work. And especially if you don't understand, and if you haven't got any experience of this type of breed and the the efforts that you need to put into training them to get yeah. them up to a certain standard so that that dog will actually be able
0: to be a pet for you. Well, I but, joked when, it does take a when George arrived, there was the debate of is he a Mali? Because he was very much Mali puppy in the pictures. Yeah. Um, he did look very much there like There was Malam in there. And I had his DNA done. And the day it came back and went 100% German Shepherd, a little part of me sighed in relief. <laughs> He was just German. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Um, yeah. Because genetics does play a part in it. But it does. This is where I think I really, you know, if you're going to put the time and effort into having a shepherd, amazing. But if you think you're going to just get a shepherd because they it, look cool ooh. or you want it for protection, like, forget it. No, they're hard work. They are. They are so, hard work. Let's you know. be really honest, okay? Yeah. Because I'm sure your answer is going to be similar to mine. How relaxing are your dog walks with your shepherds?
1: I would say before I got Cassie, they were really great.
0: Okay. And then you got Cassie. How relaxing are your dog walks? <laughs> <laughs> Not very anymore. No. my Honestly, walking Dodge is just... I call them meerkat walks now because that's my life because I'm yeah. constantly looking for something that's going to trigger him, and the thing is, from having little dogs like one of my chihuahuas is sassy. You've met Minx yeah. if she gobs at another dog, goes meh, meh, meh. the person normally laughs because she's tiny. When Dodge gobs off at someone, they look at it's... me in sheer terror and disgust, and I'm like, I know, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, shepherd shout, which is another thing people need to understand. You do not need to teach a shepherd how to shout because they'll know how to do it. And as you say, instinctively, they will protect their family. They'll protect their group. That's actually part of what the herding role is, is protection. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is.
1: They are protecting their family. Mm. And that's the role that they take in any household in any household you know where whatever you're doing with your with your shepherd with your belted shepherd is part of their job they see part of their job as protecting what is theirs so whether that is your garden Mm
0: -hmm. if
1: they hear something just outside the garden they will kick off and they will bark
0: Mm -hmm.
1: okay so if you live in a neighborhood where all the people around are going to be upset with your dog barking at them every time they step out of the back door then you know, don't get one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: basically. You know, you know, dogs bark, and especially the, the, the guarding breeds and, and the, the herding breeds, they do bark because that's yeah. part of the reason what they were bred to do. Yep, that's how you move the sheep. That's how you move the sheep. You bark at them, yep. you get them to move. You know, if a sheep is about to fall in a ravine you can't afford to be nicey nicey about it and saying oh please go go back up to the top you yep. shout at them
0: yeah exactly that so i think it is really important because we both love our shepherds and you know i'm a massive fan of the belgians anyway yes, um, i, know, I so know it is I on my those. list but i've kind of dipped my toe with a german first of all i feel like i've gone in the i've come in the shallow end rather than done <laughs> the deep end of shepherd but As much as they are a wicked breed and they're awesome, they are not for the faint hearted. No, definitely not.
1: And especially not with the Belgian. You know, their their chase drive, and I'm going to call it a chase drive. Yeah. Their chase drive is so strong that you have to be able to teach really good self-control to these dogs. Yeah. And if you can't teach self-control to these dogs, then forget
0: it. But it's also about teaching them self-control in a positive way. It's not about telling them no and shouting at them and getting angry with them. No, because, you know, Belgians are really, really sensitive. Yes. They are extremely
1: They're an extremely sensitive breed. And if you use aversives with them at some stage, it's going to come back and bite you in the bum. Mm -hmm. Literally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and if it's not you, know, it could
1: be someone else. Yeah, and if it's not you, it is going to be someone else. They are going to nail someone if you use aversive methods. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Mean... Yeah, no, go, go on, sorry. Uh, so, you know, so when you are teaching um, these things to your Belgian, you need to be mindful that. Um, you need to be mindful to teach it in a positive way and use reinforcement yes. for right choices. Yes. So if your dog chooses not to go after the bunny, you reward them with the game with you. Yeah. 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 Okay? And I think Is
0: it, where, it, it's, because... it's,
1: it's, it's very much that we need to have a change in our mente- mentality mm-hmm. about how we look at these things. So rather than looking at it from I don't want my dog to do this you have to look at it from a, from the opposite perspective and say what do I want my dog to do and yeah. then train for that
0: yep one one of my favorite sayings is um it's a cue not a command yeah because to me a cue is you're asking a command is you're telling and there is this whole real thing with a lot of the guarding breeds and a lot of the herding breeds that you have to tell them and you have to be firm with them. And the other thing is positive does not mean permissive. No. Positive does not mean permissive. And like, I mean, we get called cookie pushers and all sorts of things, but I would much prefer to have a behavior that's taught with reinforcement, the dog understands it, the dog's been reinforced for it and the dog is choosing that behavior, Yeah, then the dog is performing a behavior because they've been made to. Yeah, and it's also the thing with
1: with using the, the sort of the punishment aversive Mm -hmm. training methods that are out there. What you also get is a dog that shuts down Mm-hmm. That appears to want to, to want to do what you want them to do, mm-hmm. but actually they are too scared to try something different. Yeah, and then at some point in that dog's life, that stress of that learned helplessness, yeah, is going to get so much that you are going to get a negative reaction out of that dog. Yeah, 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 and it yeah, could be the stupidest thing that makes it go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you can't tell what you can't predict what it. You can't predict when it's going to happen
1: or who it's going to happen to.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, and I think as well, like, I mean, because with Dodge, I, I sometimes feel like I've been hard is the word I would use, and you know, I've I've never used any aversive methods with him, but with him, I've had to be a lot more consistent with his training. The rules have had to be the rules. Like if I ask the girls to sit and they take a little while to think about and then kind of do it eventually, it doesn't really matter. If I ask him to sit, I need him to sit then and there because for yeah. him, it can be a safety thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think, I think what you, you actually,
1: um, you actually made a really good point there. It's, it's being consistent. Yes. In your training. Yeah. And that is something that you need to be regardless of, you know, what breed you have, really. When you train your dog, you need to be consistent within that training and you need to set rules. You know, I've got nothing Mm -hmm. against setting rules. Yeah. So, you know, there is a rule. With my dogs that says you do not chase other dogs. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is a rule that I need my dogs to adhere to 100 percent. Yep. I have Cassie, she does know that rule, Mm -hmm. but if that dog comes too close, she is unable to stop herself from going. Yep. Okay, so she's unable to make that right choice. Mm -hmm. Now we're working towards it and the distance is getting um, smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. It takes time. So if you've got a dog which is reactive, like my Cassie is, Mm You know, she's five now. Yeah. And her reactivity. (laughs) Cassie, there they go
0: again. (laughs) She's like, I'm I'm going to explain how (laughs) she's (laughs) worked out. I'm going to give a brilliant demonstration of this. (laughs) Oi, Cassie, enough. Hey, guys, this is part of podcasting. And if your dogs have all just started joining in, we're really sorry. (laughs) She's done now. (laughs) I think she thought she heard something outside, which is the guarding thing that
1: we were just talking about. You know, she's actually making my point for me. She thinks she's heard something,
0: therefore she has to woof. She has to warn it off. Say, yeah. And that I isn't Pacific specific here. either because I've just had that with one of my chihuahuas. So yeah. it's not breed specific, but, but some are going to be more likely. Yeah. And we've always joked that my chihuahuas are teacup German shepherds anyway, because they basically
1: are. Yeah, but weren't chihuahuas actually
0: bred to give alarm? Yeah, they anyway. were alarming. Um, well, apparently, the we're going to go on a right little story now, and this could yeah. be Disney-based. But apparently, originally, the Mayans used them to deliver messages from the temples to each other. Oh. Apparently. And also, they were kept around um, children to protect them against snakes and stuff as well, because their hunting exactly. instinct is crazy high actually exactly it is it is what they were bred to do mm-hmm. i mean the only advantage i have with my chihuahua being react is if is worst case scenario i just pick her up and walk off
1: yeah can't do that with a belgian <laughs> or a german
0: <laughs> definitely not with a german like that's not a thing i cannot pick <laughs> it up anymore it's not a thing um right natasha Kilos, is too heavy there thank you so so much for joining me today so well, where so I, can people find you well people can
1: find me in two places now they can find me at the positive belgian mm-hmm. um i'm actually currently um doing the website but it's going to be the positive belgian.com lovely um or you can reach me at a and oh. all ways of getting in touch are on there and you have podcasts um, too I have a podcast. Actually, I've got two now.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: I know, I know. I'm a glutton for punishment. So I've got the fun focus play podcast, which is available from um, all good podcasting If you're listening
0: to this, you'll find it.
1: <laughs> you'll find it, yeah. And you're you've been on there as well, haven't you? I have. Yeah. And um, I'm also starting a brand new podcast called the Positive Belgian Podcast,
0: which is very exciting and I'm which
1: is happy. really exciting because what we're going to do within that podcast is we're going to be speaking to people from all over the world and I'm actually recording a podcast with someone from Canada today
0: that is very exciting which That's
1: is exciting. really exciting um and um basically what we're going to do is we're going to showcase belgian shepherds who have been positively trained and who excel in whatever sphere that they do you know but they you know whether they are competing in um you know agility or obedience or bite sports but we're going to highlight the positive trained belgian and and show you exactly what you can achieve with with your Belgians and we're going to be talking things like um positive reinforcement uh training methods and all that as well and we're also going to be talking to some Belgian owners who used to be aversive but have changed their tune and are now positive cool. and I'm also hoping to um to interview a few of my Belgian Shepherd clients Mm-hmm. and sort of to show them how i've helped them with their belgians as well
0: cool excellent just quickly as well i will just give a shout out um i'm an admin on the group but on facebook if you do have a belgium shepherd and you're looking for a facebook group that does um positive training if you look for belgium shepherds training through rewards and play only that group um was started last year by the lovely helen ball who we're both very fond of yeah and, we are um, yes that's a really nice group where you can find out kind of it's a nice yeah. Facebook hub for people yeah
1: and the positive belgian is also on facebook cool. um, but as a group um oh, cool. and uh, basically what we'll be doing in that is
0: i'm hoping that to turn that into a little bit of a discussion on the podcast lovely cool excellent so there are good places to find there are positive shepherd groups on facebook guys you don't don't feel like if you found one that doesn't use the method you feel comfortable with there are groups out there you can find um if you want to follow my dogs they are on instagram you can follow at minx chihuahua and at dodge shepherd canine hoopers world obviously has facebook insta apparently twitter i still don't know how to use it so until next time guys Stay safe, be kind, wash your hands thoroughly, keep your dogs on lead around livestock and do not let them lick toads. Thanks guys, bye. For more information on Hoopers, where to find classes and Canine Hoopers World Instructor Courses, find us on Facebook. Like our page, join our free group, Canine Hoopers World. You can follow us on Instagram And we're also on Twitter, at Canine Hoopers. Check out our website, www.caninehoopersworld.com. Remember, Canine Hoopers World, everyone's invited.